Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. All right, welcome in. Patriots postgame show. We are going to do it. Let's try it, Evan. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Long, yeah. long day down there today. Took their time after the game. I think Bill Belichick and, and Mac Jones both went last or towards the end of the of the line there. So I think... Belichick in particular was maybe talking to some people after the game that were here, family, friends, things like that. Savored it, savored it. Or they were negotiating Josh's, uh, the compensation for Josh. (laughs) I I doubt it, but uh, look, this is sort of what we were looking for. You know, I don't want to come in too negatively here in a 50 to 10. No, we shouldn't. It was what we were looking for. I think that there are some things that we can get to that I felt like, I think my biggest takeaway, honestly, is that I don't know if I learned anything about the team today. I think in a lot of ways, this is what we wanted in terms of Mac Jones. I use this analogy in Patriots beat. He just needed to see some, some shots go through and see some shots go through the bottom of the net and get that swagger back and get that feeling back. And I think all of those things are really positive momentum for this game. If you play the type of zone coverages that Jacksonville was playing on early downs and you give Mac Jones those underneath short zone throws where he's hitting Myers and hitting Henry, just breaking off a leverage and allowing them to work those voids and get in those soft spots of those zone coverages, his short game is as good as anybody's going right now besides maybe the GOAT, right? Besides Tom Brady, I I don't think anybody gets the ball out quickly, precisely, accurately, reads it out properly, gets it to the right guy as well as Mac Jones, especially considering the fact that he's a first-year player. I also thought some of the good things about Mac today were his legs, right? And I I think this continues to be something that they maybe are getting more out of than any of us could have actually expected, and that is moving the pocket, uh, having him pick up first downs via scrambles. Uh, I don't know if we expected that from Mac when the Patriots drafted him. He makes that throw uh, on the bootleg action, the rollout action to Christian Wilkerson in the back of the end zone. And that is a similar play to what they ran on fourth down against Buffalo last week where he directed traffic and found Jacoby Myers in the middle of the field for the fourth down conversion. So getting out on the perimeter, getting outside the pocket. And then you also look at on third down man coverage situations, teams are playing single high man free, right? There's nobody in the box and they're putting five guys in the rush and they're putting six guys back into coverage. And now if you lose contain in the pocket and you give up a a gap integrity type of thing, then 
Mac can beat you with his legs, right? And he can pick up 10 yards and he can move the chains that way too. So those are some really positive developments. We knew that Mac could play the short game. We knew that maybe there would be more uh, rollouts, design pocket movement, things like that, that could benefit this offense and get this offense going. But with all that being said, and I, I understand that Christian Wilkerson dropped probably his best downfield throw of the game. And if he hits that one, then maybe my feelings on it are a whole lot different. I still don't feel like the Patriots threaten to be part of the field. That's the problem. It's like an explosive play for them is like 10 yards. You know, like it's just not, there's nothing, there's no stressing the defense down the field. Right. And if you're going to play a defense in the postseason, and right now the matchup is four or five Buffalo Buffalo. Patriots. Buffalo, we know is going to hug up on those check downs. They're going to take away the the middle of the field zone voids. They're going to make sure that Mac has to beat them down the field and outside the numbers. And it's not just Mac. It's also the fact that these receivers are who they are. And Hunter Henry and Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne are his, his three most consistent pass catchers. And all three of those guys win and live in the short and intermediate areas of the field within 20 yards the line of scrimmage but there's no threat down the field still maybe Nelson Aguilar comes back and opens that back up a little bit more but in order for me to get truly excited and exhilarated about beating the Jaguars even at 50 to 10 I wanted to see them threaten the downfield passing game a little bit more you make what you throw one completion over 15 yards in the air the entire game I, I just can't sit back and say, we learned today the Patriots can beat man coverage down the field. We we didn't learn that. We we still don't think uh, that's still a question mark. That's still something that's a potentially Hilly's, Achilles heel. So I, I hate to go negative with the fact that the Patriots played a, a good game here today and, and beat the doors off of a bad team. And I do think that there's a lot to be said about the mojo, about the swagger, about the the feeling that you get after a game. Uh, when you beat the doors off of a team like that. But at the same time, there's still no semblance of a deep passing game unless Josh McDaniels catches them with a schemed play like he did on Wilkerson's second touchdown and sneaks a guy behind the defense off of a fake bubble screen type of concept. Other than that, it's at all of it's within 20 yards of the line of scrimmage. And they're, they're going to be an offense that's going to have to live in a condensed area. Yeah. And they have, they have all year. And again, it's, you know, you don't want to say like, well, you know, when Aguilar gets back, we're entering week 18. You're hoping to see Aguilar a little bit there. And again, you know, we talk about, you know, what should they do in a meaningless game or blah, 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 whether you think it's meaningless or not, whether or not Bill wants to maybe duck a team and position himself towards a different one. You never know. That's happened before without us knowing for sure that it happened. Um, But rather than sit players, I would really use this as an opportunity to try some things. Um, And I do think, you know, taking a few shots downfield and doing some things that you don't normally do just to see if you can do it isn't the worst thing in the world. So if Aguilar comes back, throw him the freaking ball down the field, you know, like just try it. Um, Especially with the way Miami plays coverage. They play a lot of cover one and a lot of cover zero, obviously too, with Brian Flores, right? You're not going to have the safeties. No, so you can, you can look for him one-on-one and try to get down the field. Yeah. I think that's the the part that I, why I don't want to sit here right now. And I don't want to, I don't want it to come across as negative. I just want to come and have it come across as being a realist. And the realist is, is that we didn't learn anything that we didn't already know about this team today if the Patriots play a defense that gives Mac Jones the ability 
to spread the ball around, hit all the short and intermediate throws and attack low zone coverage and all that kind of stuff, then he can move the offense up and down the field. No problem. I have no concerns whatsoever. And I do think the playmaking with his legs is a helpful bonus that maybe I wasn't expecting from him when they drafted him, but we still don't think that they can attack down the field in man coverage. I still didn't have anything proved to me today that even against the Jaguars team that they were going to be able to do that. And there's one play in the first half that really stood out to me. I tweeted about it. They got single high. Mac checks into a pass. He goes from under center to shotgun. They spread the formation. They have this single high look. They send Kendrick Bourne in the slot on a slot fade and Jacoby Myers on a deep corner route from the other slot. And they have a shot play dialed up. This is their chance to try to attack something down the field. And Mac Jones takes a sack. Yeah, he got the roughing the passer penalty. But the point is, is that he either didn't see it, didn't like it, or didn't want it, didn't want to push it to a single uh, down the field. But somebody had single coverage, whether it was Bourne or Myers watching live. I thought it was Bourne on the slot fade, but somebody had single coverage down the field. And at some point in time, you do need to give your guy a chance to make a play, right? And maybe this week wasn't the week because ball security and, and just playing a clean game is probably the best way to go. But at some point in time, you're going to have to see him push that ball. And it wasn't like he got sacked instantly. He had time to to maybe make a throw there and, and got sacked later on in the down. So I, I'm i still in the same spot that I was with this team after last week. I just hope uh, from a, a positive standpoint, I hope that some of these positive vibes, some of this mojo, some of this momentum, the Patriots can ride it similarly to how they did in week seven with the Jets. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the problem. And if I'm trying to go back on the schedule just to think, like, what was the last game you learned something about the Patriots? Because there's quite a few you stack them up where, um, you know, we haven't learned a ton about them. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, uh, they faced four rookie quarterbacks this year. They got the Jets a couple of times. They got Houston. They got Jacksonville. They got Tennessee when they were hurting at their best. The schedule gods were relatively kind to the Patriots just in terms of how things lined up. They got Buffalo in those conditions. And they've been able to stack up enough wins where now they are going to the playoffs where uh, theoretically anything can happen. You did mention, and again, we can get into this game a little bit. Actually, before we move on to Buffalo, I'll get into it a little bit. Anything yeah. you saw from Mac that concerned you? Um, you know, as you said, there's good game manager stuff. I, you know, I don't want to go negative on it either. I, I would like even on the intermediate stuff to see a little more zip. Um, and it still isn't there. Um, and I don't know if he throws, he may be a guy who throws the ball just as hard as it needs to be thrown to get yeah, there because his, over, yes. because his overall timing is good. But even on the first throw, just a little out to Wilkerson, who had a three, four, five, three, four, five yard cushion. Um, and it just barely got there in time before the defender. And you're just like, wow, that's that's a throw you should be able to just drill into an open receiver. And it just kind of floats out there sometimes. So I wonder from your vantage point, how much of that you think is Mac exactly that like. His receivers have said to his credit, the ball's like a pillow when he yeah, throws it. Catchable. So yeah. he's trying to throw catchable balls. I wonder how much of that, but to the, you know, but I do have a, you know, a bunch of friends who will text me the whole game and they're like, oh my God, noodle arm. You know, I wonder how much of that is by design or how much of it is, you know, just, we know he doesn't have, uh, uh, you know, a Justin Herbert arm, but how much of that is intentional? 
I have zero concern about his arm strength on the short stuff, or even if he has to throw across the field from the far hash. Just to press it down flat. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really those throws from the 15 to 25 yard range where he needs to dot it, right? He's got yep. two, a zone coverage. He's got too high. Like there was one throw to Hunter Henry along the sideline that was probably his worst and only real negative play. I would say of the entire game where he was trying to force it into the cover two hole and he could, he might've had a chance on it if he had really zipped it in there, but he just didn't have enough gas on the ball to get it there. You look at the deep middle of the field, right? Why the Patriots can't really access uh, this, the area between the safeties or over the middle of the field on deep over routes and deep crossing routes, because I, I don't know if he has the full velocity yet to be able to just, uncork one right in between two zone defenders or or something like that now i don't have huge problems with his arm strength especially now because i do think that that can be developed and worked on uh, with cleaner and more consistent mechanics but overall i look at that buffalo game plan defensively and they were hugging up on receivers, yep. uh, the, the, the check downs, making sure he wasn't going to just dump it off for Brandon Bolden to, for nine yards on first down, right? They were really coming up the field and hugging up on those check down re- receiver options, playing tight man coverage on third down, all those. I know Matt can make a throw against zone, right? I know he can see, okay, uh, double A gap pressure. They bail out of it. It's cover two. He hits Jacoby Myers on the leverage route in the, in the cover two hole. I know he can make that read. I know he can make that throw. He's been doing it all year long. He made the same exact throw later on in the game to Hunter Henry. No problem with that whatsoever. It's third and four, third and five. He hits Jacoby coming across the middle of the field on the crossing route. I know he can make that throw. He's great at that throw. Uh, The question is, is when the defense has a game plan and the personnel to design a, a plan and a blueprint where that throw is no longer there, Right. And they say you're not going to throw Jacoby Myers on the crossing route on levels or mesh on third down. And you're not going to throw into the voids into cover two because we're going to squeeze those. Where is Mac going to be able to go from the football from there? And this is not just a Mac Jones problem. I, I want to stress that too. It's also the receivers that they have working on the outside too that are pretty limited in that capacity as well. So again, I, I think he played the game he needed to play here today to have a clean operation, no turnovers, three touchdowns to zero INTs. There was a point in the third quarter right after he threw the touchdown pass to Christian Wilkerson on the bubble screen play where you could tell he was feeling himself, right? He was, he was jacked up. He was really into it. Uh, he was vibing and that positive momentum will hopefully continue throughout the rest of the season. And that if we are on this show in a couple of weeks and the Patriots won a playoff game in Buffalo or wherever they end up going, we're going to look back at week 17 and say, this is when Mac got his swagger back, right? This Good. is when he got his mojo back. But I still think that they are who they are. And, yeah. and that's pretty much all that I, I kind of take away from this game. My favorite Mac is still second half Indy. Um, yeah, it, it really is just for the yeah. level of the level of uh, high quality throws, some of which were down the field. Yeah, uh, that was the that was the most I felt that he pressed it. Um, yeah, so that's I mean, why I was, that's why I was actually a little throws, bullish off that game. And that's yeah. why I was so bummed about last week. Yeah, um, just in terms of his overall uh, performance, because, you know, 
Uh, Even the throws at the intermediate level against Indy, he's throwing them layered throws against zone coverage, right? Yeah. Fitting it over the first level yes. in front of the third level. Of the deep really nice stuff. And fitting it in there. Those are the ty- that's those are the types of throws they need him to make, right? Yeah. He needs to be able to make those drive throws, is what they're called, right? A deep ball is the, is the teardrop, right? That's yeah. that's when we we throw a pillow over the top. When you have to drive the ball into a 15 to 20 yard window, that is when they need what I need to see from Mac Jones on a consistent basis. I know he can throw to open receivers against yeah. zone coverage against Jacksonville. I mean, no one's questioning whether or not he's an NFL starting caliber quarterback that can beat a bad Jaguars team. Clearly he can. Yeah. And when I say this stuff about Mac, it's actually because I still believe there's a version of him that could do a lot more if, if he had to, I do yeah. think he's, I do think he's been managed. I do think if you do do that, you're susceptible to more mistakes. And I, I realize that's why they haven't. I yeah. actually, the funny part is, is, you know, when I'm not bullish on his performance, I'm actually bullish on him. I think he's their best offensive player. Um, You know, and I don't even think it's particularly close. Um, yeah. And so I would like to see, more opportunities i you know that's why i was hoping there'd be a game or two where you'd see you know more of those types of throws like we saw in the second half because you need them in the playoffs you're not going to be able to do you know there's not going to be a free ride there so right it's it's kind of empty calories if you build to this point get your 11 wins get into the playoffs but you're just not equipped to do what it's going to take to be able to to um you know to win there I guess maybe they're hoping for really miserable weather, high winds, who knows what, and then they can kind of employ their Buffalo game plan again when they get there. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. I definitely feel a little bit better about a Buffalo rematch. Um, I feel great about a Buffalo rematch, honestly. I really do too. And Because they played a perfect game against the Patriots last week. Josh Allen played perfectly. The defense played perfectly. And they emptied emptied both barrels, I think. It's like, I, I think it's more likely than not that Belichick would come back with something to counter um, right. what those guys did. Um, and so I, I don't feel bad about it at all. I actually think that that's a potentially winnable game. And really any game is a winnable game. Yeah. Uh, there's no teams that are blowing you away here right now. So, um, you know, so, you know, we'll see what we, you know, we'll, we'll see how that one goes. I want to take a second to shout out our friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. As far as this game, a couple other nuggets. Um, uh, before the game, obviously, uh, you know, the Nikhil Harry uh, uh, health, yeah. healthy scratch. Again, we're not counting on a lot from Nikhil Harry. Uh, but it definitely is um, felt like almost closure to his Patriots career. Um, I, yeah. I don't want to, I don't meant want to be hyperbolic here, but it's very likely this is the last time we've seen Nikhil Harry. If he's going to be a, this is a person they gave a shot to start um, when uh, when they were down receivers and when Aguilar was out. Um, and now he goes while Aguilar is still out to a healthy and active. He was on the injury list earlier in the week. He got removed, which means he's healthy. And he just 
what they sat him in, in, in favor of Christian Wilkerson, uh, who had two touchdowns incidentally. Um, I, that's it. When Aguilar comes back, I, I mean, that's it. That, that's, uh, I, I think I, you can see the difference in the offense when there's some speed at that. When there's something field. out there. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah. I think when Nikhil Harry, uh, it gets so plotting <laughs> at times and you feel so slow and so bogged down by the lack of speed at the X position. And when you put even a guy like Christian Wilkerson, who in training camp showed that he could separate and show that he could get open. Now we saw at the end of the game on the deep pass from Mac, the, Achilles heel of Christian Wilkerson and why he lost a lot of steam in uh, training camp towards the end of camp was because of the drops. And, and that is a problem for him is finishing the play is catching the ball and, and finishing the route. But at the same time, just a little bit of speed at that spot and playmaking at that spot really helped the offense out a whole lot in this game. And I look at some of the plays that he made uh, in the red zone, obviously, right? The crossing route of the back end end line of the end zone. I'm not sure if Nikhil Harry runs away from his guy as easily as Christian Wilkerson did. Now the guy got caught up in the trash and kind of got picked off a little bit. Uh, But at the same time, he he still got to the spot and and he beat his man there pretty cleanly and and gave Mac a ton of room and time uh, to make that throw. You also saw some nice sits down and and devoid coverages and of zone coverages and stuff like that and finds those soft spots or he has off coverage on the outside and and cover three and he just runs a quick hitch and gives Mac Jones that option underneath the defense. So having some semblance of separation skills burst i mean i think that's obviously they were hoping nelson Aguilar was going to give them that but time you know tenfold right into a much bigger degree but with Nikhil harry i have a hard time envisioning that he's going to play again for the patriots not even outside of what wilkerson did uh, wilkerson now possibly passed him on the depth chart and that means that Nikhil Harry's X number three now, right? Because yeah. Nelson Aguilar is number one, uh, Wilkerson's number two. So Nikhil Harry is potentially third at that spot on the depth chart now. I just have a tough time envisioning how you can look at it and say that Nikhil Harry deserves reps over either one of these guys now, I, over Aguilar or Wilkerson. So I think that this is the end of, of it for Nikhil Harry. And I tweeted it out before the game, but – it really puts in perspective today with Nikhil Harry and Juwan Williams, both healthy scratches. And then win how, how horrible that 2019 draft class turned out to be besides Damian Harris and, and I guess Jake Bailey. We can give him uh, kudos too. But uh, first three picks of the 2019 draft, two of them are the top two picks, both in the top 50, both healthy scratches for this game. So that, and Winovich hadn't helpful. Winovich hadn't played a snap in weeks. He did play right. more today, um, but yeah. that was a was he a, was he the second third rounder along with Harris that round that year? Yes, yeah, yeah. he was the second. They had four top one hundred picks. The only yeah. one that's panned out is Damian Harris so far in that draft. Yeah, so I mean that is rough, um, and it is what it is. Um, but that's a. Uh, you know that's a tough one seeing Nikhil here and I'm not going to blame last week's loss on Nikhil Harry but you're right I'm not blaming anything I'm just saying you're right though when you when you when you open the game with him you know in the x receiver slot that basically just you know gives the defense you know they're like great don't have to worry about especially anything you know last week they come out in some spots because Kendrick Bourne has a limited role basically only playing on third down they come out in 21 or 12 personnel 
and they have Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers, Myers. Johnny yeah. Smith, Hunter Henry in the back, or jo- Jacob Johnson in the back. And it's that's got to be the slowest collection of skill players in the entire league, right? I mean, there's nothing slower than that, uh, those five guys together on the field. So that that's a, a problem for the Patriots. And Wilkerson's, a, 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 I think, a 4-4-8, 4-4-9 guy. It's not like he's got 4-3 speed. But even some semblance of, of speed and, and ability to get over the top and separate uh, gave the Patriots something from that X spot this week. And what a difference it made uh, in the offense. I know it's a totally different opponent and totally different level of opponent. Uh, but just having somebody that can run by a defender a little bit, it just made it a whole Again, lot right. better. You're right. Wilkerson was like a 4-4-5 guy out of college. But he's definitely more fluid. He has enough size at 6-1. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's but it's it that's how sad it is. A Christian Wilkerson looks like an obvious to your eyes upgrade over Harry. Um, and so that's it. Um, you know, you closed two 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 careers might have ended today. Nikhil Harry's and Antonio Browns. We'll talk about oh Antonio later. A lot of people here are wondering if the Pats are gonna take a flyer. Oh no, Ev- Evan's gonna tell you exactly why he wants Antonio back in just oh a moment. Oh my little god, bit. no. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but let's look ahead to that potential matchup, uh, yeah. with Buffalo. Um, can know, we talk cause... about the defense too, for a second? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. It's your nickel. Okay. So <laughs> let's just real quickly talk about the defense though, because what did you like? I, what I liked is the pressure on the quarterback, right? That was, I thought a big difference between this week and last week was that the Patriots were able to apply pressure on Trevor Lawrence and get him off his spot a little bit more. You saw it, the Right out of the gate, you have the teeny, uh, the uh, twist linebacker twist from the second level. Dante Hightower comes through unblocked. You have the teeny stunt from Christian Barmore. He gets his first full sack of the year. So a lot more pressure on Lawrence. And the other thing that I really liked, and this is to me what this defense is in 2021, and that is in the back end, they are a disguise unit. They are not a lineup and let's get everybody in man coverage and mano y mano, we're going to take our, your guys out of the game just by blanketing you in man coverage. They don't have the corners anymore. They don't have Gilmore Jackson and McCordy or Gilmore Jackson and John Jones. They don't have that cover talent. But what they can do is what we saw in Kyle Duggar's interception is they start in too high. They buzz the two safeties down into the middle hooks. They post uh, uh, push Devin McCourty back to the post, and they confuse Trevor Lawrence with that post-snap rotation, and he throws the ball right to Kyle Duggar. That is the, in my mind, from a coverage standpoint, is the identity of this defense as we move into the postseason. They have to win with some smoke and mirrors. They don't have the talent in the back end to just line up across from you, especially now that we're getting into the playoffs and some of these uh, receivers and, and the talent on the other side of the ball that they're going to be facing, whether it's uh, Buffalo or Cincinnati, who's got Chase and Boyd and Mixon and uh, T Higgins and all, all these really good players uh, at receiver as well. You can't just play straight up man coverage anymore. You don't have that ability or that talent in the cornerback room. So disguise rotations, uh, being able to do different things like that, I think is especially looking at Phillips, Duggar, McCordy. That safety trio gives them so much flexibility to do different things with the coverage shelf, right? They can play single high. They can play two high. They can change all of the different things post-snap because they have three guys that can basically play anywhere. They can basically be uh, – they're interchangeable parts. And 
they're going to have to coach it. You know, this is going to have to be Belichick and Steve and Matty P and those guys are going to have to have a great plan and they're going to have to scheme it up and they're going to have to coach these guys to a different level of of coverage ability. Cause we saw last week, you get into third down against Buffalo and you put miles Bryan on Isaiah McKenzie and man coverage and you see how it goes. Right. I mean, we, we've already seen this movie before you look at the Dallas game and, uh, and Jalen Mills on CD lamb blouses right game over a one play game over even against tampa bay although the they held their own i thought for the most part in that game that was with jonathan jones and i still thought that there was a lot of opportunities for tampa bay down the field but it was rainy and the conditions were a little bit off and tom brady was a little bit off because of the situation every time they've tried to go into a game and play man coverage outside of the windstorm in buffalo they've not held up particularly well if they play man coverage on 25, 30% of their snaps, they can get away with it, right? Third down man coverage, they can get away with that. When they start playing man coverage on half the snaps like they used to do in the prime days with Gilmore and, and all those guys, they they get exposed. They have weaker coverage players now that you can pick on. You can pick on Miles Bryant. You can pick on Jalen Mills in man coverage. Zone disguise, coverage rotations, Smoke and mirrors. That that's what this team is now in the secondary, and that's what they're going to have to. Which quarterbacks? Against. Which quarterbacks can't you do that against? That 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 in the that, AFC. That the AFC. I honestly don't see any that you can't do that against. I don't think any one of these quarterbacks in the AFC playoff picture is truly a a a guy that wins between the ears, right? I mean, I, I don't think that they, you look at this uh, Mahomes, um, Burrow, who's a young quarterback. Obviously, Allen, Wentz, Derek Carr now in the playoffs, Tannehill. I think you can do that for everybody. Honestly, I don't see a Brady or a Breeze or somebody like that that's going to stand in the pocket. Even a Dak Prescott had great success against their zone coverages early this year. I don't see a cerebral quarterback in this bunch. I see a lot of playmakers, right? A lot of really good arm talent, mobility, out of structure, all that kind of stuff. I think you can get Josh Allen to hold the ball in zone coverage and and be a little bit confused by some of the rotations. What you can't do is play man coverage and give Josh Allen all day to sit back there and scan the field and make throws down the field against Miles Bryant. That's what you can't do. So I think whether it's Cincinnati, it's Buffalo, they have to fall back on that formula. It being a disguised defense being very zone heavy, but changing the shell, right? Sometimes it's cover two. Sometimes it's cover three. Sometimes it looks like man, but it ends up being zone, right? You have to be able to mirror uh, those lines and blur those lines for these quarterbacks. I think they will have a tougher time going up against you. So not particularly worried in this, as far as anything goes forward with any quarterback that they would face here. I'm not particularly worried if they play they're the game that best suits their personnel. What okay. worries me is that what we saw last week is they got stubborn and they stayed in man coverage against Buffalo when it wasn't yeah. working. Yeah. Right. That's what worries me is that at some point in time, whether it's Bill coming down with the hammer over the top on Steve or it's it's somebody else, they're gonna have to say, guys, we we gotta get out of man, right? We can't play man against these dudes. We can't we can't keep up. We don't have the guys that can keep up. We don't have the horses uh, that can go and take Diggs and Davis and McKenzie and Beasley and all these. We don't have it, right? We don't have that cover talent. 
So if they buy into this game plan and they buy into this formula for their defense and they stay zone heavy, then I think that they can cover and I think that they can protect the back end. If they get into man coverage like they did against Buffalo last week, I think it's going to be a short playoff for the Patriots. All right. Um, now, so, now take it wherever you want to go. No, 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 that's fine. I, I, I don't disagree. Um, but let's just look at right now. I'm trying to see what would happen to dislodge Patriots or Buffalo from the four and the five slot and just how likely that is. It's not very likely. I, I mean, well, what could is if the Patriots lose and the Colts win, the Colts would have the head-to-head tiebreaker yeah. over New England. So that would move them up a, a ring. So I think I'd move Patriots back to six and then the Colts to seven uh, if I'm looking at this correctly. But those top four teams are locked in in terms of the division winners, right? So those te- you're, you're not going to jump, jump into the top four. So if the Patriots win the five seed, uh, I believe if everybody just wins out and everybody st- you know holds serve uh, next week in week 18, including Cincinnati. That, I think that's it, right? Because you're, I mean, yeah. that's, everyone's got to hold serve. I'm trying to see if Buffalo can climb here. It, 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 they could climb if uh, if Cincinnati loses, right? If, if Cincinnati loses their game, I, I don't think, well, they do have the head-to-head against Kansas City, I, I believe. They beat Kansas City earlier in the year. So if Kansas City or, or uh Cincinnati were to lose next week I, I think that Buffalo will move up so that that could that could flip-flop some things but more likely than not looking at the playoff machine and, and uh, spinning the dial here a little bit it's either going to be the Bills or the Bengals right those are the two teams that you're either going to be playing uh, in wild card weekend and I, I don't even I don't think Kansas City is is a possibility unless uh, some crazy permutations happen here so I, I think it's either the the Bengals or the bills for the patriots who scares you more the bills i, I think that when you play a team uh, like buffalo who's familiar w- with your systems and familiar with what you do uh, i think that that is a little bit worrisome right i i, I think mcdermott and Dable have at least a pretty good feel uh, for how the Patriots are going to play them and what they're going to do. Now, I do like the round three. Round one basically was a wash. I think round one was the conditions and all that kind of stuff. Now, maybe if you get a blizzard game against Buffalo the second time around or weather conditions become a factor, that favors you a little bit. But what I like is is that really uh, Buffalo, like you said earlier, uh, they emptied the tank in this game last week and you saw their best punch uh, last week already. And you kind of know what they're going to do schematically to go after you. So now the Patriots can combat that. They can, they can game plan that. And the question is Buffalo played their game last week. I do the Patriots. I, I just can't imagine the Patriots allow them to play that game again, the same exact way. What really bothered me the most about the Bills game is that they turned that into flag football, right? The Patriots were passive. Uh, There was not a lot of contact in that game. There's not a lot of pass rush in that game. I don't think that that is going to happen again. So uh, I think the Patriots uh, shouldn't be fearful of any opponent. I don't like the Bills matchup a little bit more just because with Cincinnati, it's Joe Burrow's first taste of the playoffs against the Bill Belichick defense that he's never seen before. That doesn't seem like a successful recipe. Also, 
Zach Taylor versus Bill Belichick might be one of the most lopsided coaching matchups in playoff history, right? We're talking about two guys that are on total opposite ends of the spectrum in, in terms of uh, what they bring to the table. So as good as the Bengals have been looking at the last couple of weeks, I, I really like all of the historical influences on that game. I, I just can't imagine even on the road that Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor are going to beat Bill Belichick, right? It just doesn't, that to me, I still have a yeah. tough time adding up there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm hoping it's Cincy for one reason, and that's for a Trags reunion. Um, plus, maybe you'll have a free yeah. place to stay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll get the Lazar behind enemy lines. Yes. Uh, Lazar Trags uh, preview. Uh, oh, I'll do a Patriots up. beat right from uh, right from Trags's house. In that's going to be great. And then we'll have him yeah. on the post game show. It'll be great. That's going to be great. Um, all right. I do want to talk about it because it uh, it you know. Just as just around the time that the Patriots game, uh, you know, uh, got, you know, was getting weird, you know, was getting yes. boring. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a shot of Antonio Brown leaving the field, uh, you know, shirtless uh, in in the middle of a game, uh, and nobody had a clue what was going on. Uh, and as it turns out, nobody really knows what was going on, but we do know that Antonio Brown has probably played his last game ever uh in the nfl so uh i don't know how this was how this kind of percolated through the press box evan while it was going on i'm sure it became a story or it became a thing but uh just your initial reaction to this and again uh you know we have antonio taking off his shirt walking off the field um you saw other sideline videos which showed he was heated mike evans tried to keep him on the field and talk to him he was literally trying to keep his shirt on him and finally just gave up Antonio took it off waved to everybody walks off the field at the Meadowlands gone uh Bruce Arians announces after the game that's it uh ball game uh Antonio Brown is uh, his Bucks career is over uh I have to imagine his football career is over uh surprised honest uh, not surprised but this is like I said you're just your reaction and then we can get into the rest of it Okay, so I have one thing I think is really important to say about Antonio Brown. His mental health is in question right now, so careful what you say. Exactly. That yeah. is exactly and, and where I, I was going to go with And it, I agree with that too. Yep. We need to take a step back from football for a, for a second with Antonio Brown and recognize that Antonio Brown is not a well person. Antonio Brown has mental health issues. And the things that are happening and that have happened with Antonio Brown over the last couple of years, I know we like to make jokes. I know people like to rag on the player always, you know, now he's probably going to be labeled a quitter and all this kind of stuff. There is things going on with Antonio Brown that are important to talk about, are scary to talk about. And that should come before we make any jokes about AB. Not that we're going to make jokes, well, but that I'll other just, people do. And I'll just double down. This is Tom Brady, and I don't have the clip ready, but this is Tom Brady's reaction to it was, um, yeah. I think everybody should help him in the ways he really needs it. We all love him. We care about him deeply. I think everyone should be very compassionate and empathetic towards some very difficult things that are happening. So it's the easiest thing in the world to say um, that – he's an absolute knucklehead because everything that he's done at face value is knuckleheaded. It's right. uh, selfish. I mean, you're, you're going back to it's vile when you're talking right. about some of the accusations with uh, that, that, that led to his release from the Patriots. But uh, there's no question that 
you know, I don't. He's, un, a, he's mentally unstable. There's a cause and effect issue. Yeah. You don't know how much of that is because there's something going on with him that we don't know about. But yeah. right now, just the way that they're talking about it, this sounds like a general level of concern. Like Antonio lost it today, man. And I don't know what's going on with him. So they seemed concerned, but what a frigging spectacle. Uh, and just what a, what a ride with this guy uh, for the past, uh, you know, you know, so- it also goes to show that in a, in a lot of ways, if you're as talented and as good at football as Antonio Brown is, you have, you get so many chances in this league to make it, to make it right. And, and to be able to play. But I thought what Brady's comments were after the game were let's keep Antonio in mind, essentially and say, and basically hinting at what we're hinting at that he has got a lot of demons that he, that he's got a lot of issues uh, that he's going through, that he's working through. And that is why we're seeing this behavior. This is not because Antonio Brown is a bad person or Antonio Brown is a violent or a, a, a person that, you know, has these episodes and these, these bursts, uh, burst outs. The, this is a, a mental health issue more than anything else. And I understand that why Bruce Arians said what he said after the game, that he's no longer a buck and all this kind of stuff. But and I, I, maybe Arian said some nicer things other than that, but I, I'm not saying that you necessarily need to keep the guy on your football team or even play him, uh, but Antonio Brown needs help. He needs support. He needs people to have his back. And if, if Bruce Arians and the Bucks are turning on him and, and just basically saying, you know, here's the door, I, I think that that's a little bit disappointing because you, you invested in the guy and you knew what you were getting yourself into when you signed him to your team. And now you you're, you don't you basically don't want to back it up, right? Now that now that he's he's having these issues again and he's relapsing uh, with this mania episodes that he has, you no longer want to have his back. And, and I think that that's a little bit two sided. If I'm Bruce Arians, because on one hand he helped you win a Super Bowl last year and you were perfectly fine with that, right? You're perfectly fine with him uh, winning you Super Bowls and and playing great on well, the field. Well, to be fair, from Arians' perspective, he didn't want him in the first place and got a little bit strong armed in the situation when he took over. He'd said, "There's no chance someone like that's ever coming here." And then Brady really kind of made it happen. So um, I get that. I just feel like you know they were totally cool with Antonio Brown when things were going well, and they were they were. Uh, willing to ride with Antonio Brown uh, through it all because he was catching touchdowns and, and making plays for them on the field. Now that Antonio Brown needs Bruce Arians' help, it's here's the door. So uh, and and I don't disagree. People, you can't be like that, right? It's, it's the screwed up aspect of the NFL system, especially when it, come, when it came to at least the old version of the drug policy and a person like Josh Gordon, is the environment by which someone who has some issues or some demons or different things that they might need help with, the, the place that they're going to get that is in the is in the controlled environment and the infrastructure sure. of an NFL organization that can put you through some sort of program and have you doing things and keep tabs on you yeah and make and sure you're doing well that. and when you when you when you let them go is where they just go out where people can go right. off the rails uh, you know talking out of both sides of my mouth i will say a little bit this is the deal you do with the devil if you didn't want him here in the first place you really didn't want anything to do with him because you didn't want to manage the whole package of it and so yeah. it's as long as you play well and you're not a problem this is the cold business of the nfl I have well no and, problem with Bruce. You play Aaron well, and you're saying, not a problem. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep you. As soon as right. you become a problem to the rest of my team, I, I do not have time for it. You know. So whether you're well or not well, I think that's kind of what he said. Is I can't have this be a thing for and us. And that's totally fine. It's yeah. totally fine that they don't want 
to employ Antonio Brown anymore. It's totally fine that they don't want him to play football for them anymore. But behind the scenes, and I don't know. It would know be nice Bruce, if they looked, sought to help him out. Yeah, yes. I don't know if what Bruce Arians is going to do in terms of on a personal level. But if Bruce Arians is is burning that bridge football-wise, totally fine with that. It's a business. It's, it's the National Football League. Uh, there's no free handouts. But if Bruce Arians and the Bucks are saying, screw you, Antonio, go figure out your, your shit on your own. That that's where I start to have an yeah. issue because they, they you got to ride or die with your guys, right? You, whether good or bad, thick and thin, uh, if you're truly a, a good head football coach and a good person, then you don't just turn your back on people uh, when it, the going gets tough. And I, I feel like that there's a little bit of that going on with the Bucks right now. There's no doubt. And at the end of the day, you know, it's really hard to know. There's a fair amount of speculation here. I think everybody instantly assumes something's not right. And you read the tone and the tenor of the post-game comments, particularly from Brady. <clears throat> and you do get the sense something's not right. You've gotten yeah. the sense with other things in his life that things are not right yeah you know no. he's not thinking and it is the Bucks responsibility it is your employer's responsibility to take care of the people that work for them yeah. right it, yeah. it, it is the bucks responsibility to have antonio brown's back and i i also don't think that uh, sitting here and saying that oh well uh, you have to you know take some accountability antonio brown sure he does but i don't know I, I just feel like there no. there needs to be I look I I haven't gone through it personally I've had friends that have gone through things like this or similar things and the one thing that th those types of people always need is love and support from their people that they care about right and and people that, that you can't just have their back one day and then not have their back the next day that that's something that I think is where I have a problem with it with the bucks yeah um so uh, a sad chapter, a, 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 a real spectacle um, uh, at the Meadowlands there. Um, lost in all of this, Brady just surgically goes yeah. 93 yards in like a minute with yeah. basically no receivers. With Mike Evans on one leg, no AB, you know, a couple of slow tight ends and a couple of, you know, who knows who. Shades just of uh unicorns show ponies right the 2000 was a 13 saints yeah. game when he comes back uh, exactly yeah yeah with Austin the one Collie to the undrafted and, uh yeah. kembrell was it kembrell kembrell tompkins kembrell yeah. tompkins gets it gets it gets a game winner there pretty much um yeah very much like that it was just and he just ripped it down the field <laughs> so the mvp I, I thought brady lost his mvp today uh before that before the ending and he might have yeah. gotten it back there with that last drive yeah um, an interesting thing here i believe am i if i'm not uh, back to the Patriots here. We'll put a bow on the Antonio stuff. But back to the Patriots. I believe Tennessee is now the one seed. Is that right? Correct. <laughs> so that's interesting as well. I mean, that's a team that did it without Henry. Um, you know, for all of this time, it could be interesting what happens if they uh, if they get right uh, heading into the playoffs. They've now got an extra week potentially to heal up uh, and get Henry back to full strength. So um, that's a team that you know coming back around if you're if you're if you run into them that's not going to be great either and you know it's a tough tough hard-nosed well-coached if the patriots were yeah. to win that as the four seed and all the favorites hold that's who you'd be heading into yeah right you're playing yeah. that one you're playing that one seed from the four spot yeah. um if, if you do win there um so again that is of course if all of the favorites win on the first weekend uh evan anything else to put a bow on today um anything you saw that stood out that was like ah oh, maybe not the story but a story i think the the other thing i'll say and look i i, I feel bad about started being so negative about max so i'll just say that this that look i i think that mac has a 
a way to play the game in the short and intermediate areas of the field where he can be really highly efficient. And it's impressive watching him uh, see things and dissect things in those areas of the field, uh, see pressure and be able to dissect where it's coming from and if it's coming and things like that. If he plays that contained style of game in the short and intermediate passing game, he's a really good player. The other thing I would mention about the offense this offense is clearly more dynamic when Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are both healthy at the same time. Yeah. I think both those backs, they are similar, but they're also different in some ways. I think Stevenson has a little bit more explosiveness to the edge and ability to laterally cut and make those uh, runs and bounce them out to the outside. That Those types of runs are really impressive. Harris is obviously a downhill guy that, that can really uh, get downhill quickly. I saw some nice cutback lanes here from uh, Harris today as well. That two-headed monster is really a difficult backfield, and you can rotate those guys and keep them fresh where both guys are, are hitting at all cylinders, and the Patriots are going to have a really good running game uh, with those two guys back there, especially given the fact that they have a pretty strong offensive line as well. Yeah. So uh, that that was something uh, that I that I took away from this game as well is that this offense and this backfield and this running game, uh, when they have a healthy Harris and Stevenson together in these games, when those two two uh, two play together, uh, they are a very very formidable duo. It's fun to watch. What is a bummer uh, is it would, uh, um, you know, it just. It, even if those guys were dominating the touches, having that little bit of James White magic would really go a long way. Um, so that is uh, a shame there um, yeah. that, that you don't have it. And we talked about the drop uh, off to what Bolden, you know, Bolden has done an admirable job for all of the hate that he's gotten, yeah. uh, but he's just not a playmaker. He's not going to make plays for you. Uh, and that's definitely limiting um, for the Patriots uh, here. So uh, they need more guys who can, make some plays um you know i'd like to see a way for Ramondre to be more of the third down back uh as opposed to bolden if both those guys are healthy because i do think as you said he can make more people miss he's better on the edges uh and he he is good like that but um you know for now it seems like they'll roll with all three yeah, and uh, really quickly in the chat, somebody talking about Trevor Lawrence. You can't compare Mac Jones and Trevor no, Lawrence. No, you can't. Right it's now. situational. Uh, right. Yeah, if the Patriots had Trevor Lawrence, uh, I, I like Mac. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback for the Patriots for a long time. The Patriots would trade Mac Jones for Trevor Lawrence. All right, like let's not let's not get it twisted. If the Patriots had the opportunity to flip quarterbacks in this matchup today, they would also do it. They're not, and, not silly. Yeah. And the, Trevor Lawrence would probably be the runaway rookie of the year playing for the yeah. Patriots this year it's again it's not just the weapons from them it's the system and it's the coaching yeah. and you've you've seen how many coaches destroy just destroy uh quarterbacks um yeah you know the jets are i mean the jets the jaguars and the jets i guess i can you can put both of them in there they're headed towards that uh that because you see today just a couple of flashes of instances where trevor lawrence uh, makes some really high level plays and downfield throws and you can easily see the talent right but then he just has to sometimes just do uh everything around him and just too much to do right there's just too much (laughs) to do at this stage of his career yeah he he can't it's this is a um excuse me it's a jv operation over there yeah yeah, and they ne- they never put him in a position to succeed. But people do feel better about it because they could be like, "Look, Mac's better than Lawrence." Mac is better than Lawrence right now. He it, is right he, now. He yeah. is right now in terms of the situation. Uh, uh, 
he's in. I mean, look, I I know everybody's going to be pissed off at us for saying that Trevor Lawrence is better than Mac, but if you just use your eyeballs, you you can see which one is more physically talented than the other. And if you switch them, I I, I think that the Patriots are in the same position, if not better. And I, I think I think Bill Belichick would agree, honestly. Let me ask you this: in a redraft, what would be the order of quarterbacks now? I st- I think it would be Trevor Mack, but I think that a lot of teams Trevor Mack and still not not Trevor Wilson. Yeah, I think Mac would. You think so? I think that Mac would go to. I think Mac would would maybe go higher. I don't know. I think that the. I think the Mac NFL might go is, ahead of Lance and Fields, but I still think Wilson goes too. I think the NFL execs would stay would say that they would stay pat, right? They would do exactly do it exactly the if same. If you ask them, but if you made them yeah. take lie detectors right now, I bet you I Mac know. goes three. I, yeah, I think that what Mac has proven, and to his credit, is that he has the mental acumen and the makeup from a personality standpoint to handle the job. Right. And I think that that's a big thing that maybe we don't uh, look enough into is uh, what exactly makes quarterbacks successful in the NFL. Right. It's from a physical standpoint, it's accuracy and decision-making from the pocket. He checks both of those boxes. The other thing that I think is really important is being able to handle it. Right. Just being able to handle uh 18 weeks of being an NFL quarterback is not easy. And, and being able to do that and, and being able to uh, shoulder the load and all those types of things. And Mac Jones is able to do all those things and has done all those things all year long. So I don't know if those GMs, I don't think do it any differently just because they're stubborn fools and, and they probably do it exactly the same. If I was redrafting the draft, I would still say that Trevor would be the number one pick, but I, I would take Mac second if I was the Jets, just because you can have all the arm talent and athleticism in the world with Zach Wilson, but I just don't see the same level of intangible qualities uh, with Wilson uh, as I do with Mac. So I, I have a tough time thinking that anybody uh, would disagree with that. Fair enough. Um, all right. So, I think we're going to put a bow on it. Thanks for yes. hanging. Sorry we were late, guys, but honestly, Evan had work to do and he was out there. Um, and the Patriots were relishing the victory. Uh, yes. And Mac and Bill took a little bit of extra time. But again, the Patriots have clinched um, a playoff spot with their win and Miami's loss. Uh, they got the Dolphins again next week. If they win that game, they stay in the four slot. Unless, of course, Buffalo loses, then they would flip flop. Um, but it looks like. If they were able to hold uh, and the uh, Bills win that we're going to be looking potentially at Patriots Bills uh, on a wild card weekend, first weekend of the year um, out, in, out in Buffalo. Been, so I'm not saying that it's been coming from the Bills internally. Externally, this rivalry between the fan the bases, fan bases love it. It's been getting a lot of it's yeah. getting a lot of fun. Uh, I saw today one of my my pals, Nate Jerry, who uh, is on Buffalo Radio, uh, yeah, and over there said that he thinks that uh, he's not afraid of the Patriots at all in the playoff rematch with New England. So I was going back and forth with him a little bit about that. I was like, How, you're not afraid at all of Bill Belichick in a playoff game? I mean, come on, like. Let's be real here. You guys played one perfect game against the Patriots last week. It's the first time you beat New England in a meaningful game in 20 years. And now all of a sudden you're not afraid of them at all. I, I, I know that that's a lie. So I would love it. I, I, there it's the grudge match, right? You have the, the they're, you're one and one, right? You know, you've, 
you've played games the first two times on the other team's terms. The Patriots were able to run the ball in the first game. The second matchup went more in a Buffalo game script. Let's see what it looks like. Mono a mono third time, all of it on the line, winner go home. That would that to me is exactly what I would want to see. I, I no offense to the Bengals or whatever, but no, it's the, fun. The theater there is just nowhere near as good. No, again, uh, rivalries are what makes sports. Hatred is what makes sports, yeah. you know. So Patriots may not have burning, you know, deep, you know, hatred for the Bills, but they hate us. You know, they hate yeah. you. Um, and that makes it better. It makes it spicier. Um, so that's that that makes it a lot of fun. And it'd be up there, it'd be hostile. Um, and it'd be just good playoff football. So I agree that'd yeah. be fun, fun to watch. Once again, 50 to 10 here. Um, we just want to remind everybody a couple things. If you're watching and you don't already subscribe to our YouTube channel, please do. Uh, it really helps us out. Just click the subscribe button, turn on your notifications. You're going to know um, <clears throat> when we go live. We do it after every game, naturally. When there's breaking news, of course, we do that as well. And multiple times during the week with our Patriots podcast, both Evan's podcast and the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast as well. As all of Evan's reports down from Foxborough, you're only going to get them on this channel. So please subscribe. And <clears throat> sorry, again, I'm battling this cold all week. CLNSmedia.com for Evan's written material. He'll have something up on this game right after the game. Once again, Patriots win. 50 to 10, their second 50 burger of the season. They clinch a playoff spot, uh, Miami next week, and then we think on to Buffalo. So, again, thanks for watching. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll see you guys next